0: J-Official Beat. What's up, y'all? This is Tanya, your wannabe trap queen.
1: And this is T-Bless, your controversial Christian. And I'm Tab, the glue that keeps this shit show together.
0: And this is the Ratchet Adjacent podcast. So, what's up, y'all? What's been going on this week? Um, so yeah. to say, same stuff. Um, a little different. Um,
1: <laughs> we, we spoke offline, but I had to bring it to the podcast because I felt like it was a very good topic, especially talking to my two married friends. um okay so oh lord (laughs) I was talking to a friend of mine this one is not that part right and the second part is not even married friends it's more so a woman or feelings in general so I was talking to a good friend of mine and you know if you know me you know I love money bag yo and I envision myself with someone like money bag yo right
0: Right,
1: I realized that I've been wanting a hood nigga all my life but I've come to terms that I am the hood nigga. So maybe I need to (laughs) maybe I need to be with someone that is the total opposite of what I am looking for in a man. But on the other Mm -hmm. end of that the conversation came about because the guy that I'm talking to now is a I'm not gonna call him a square he's just different than what I'm used to he's very well put together and it's weird for me and that's crazy to say however Kamal, we've been talking over texts and emails or whatever and today was the first actual conversation and I thought the conversation went very well however we got to the part of why are you single the question that nobody likes answering he asked me and before i could even speak he said you're the cause i know you're the reason why y'all broke up and Ooh. i got, I got offended right because the conversation was going amazing i right. got offended, and his response to that was it's 2024 everybody gets offended and i'm like and if you Ooh. know the reasoning why the last situation didn't work um it's a traumatic thing. Like, it had nothing to do with cheating. It had nothing to do with nothing. This man lost his kid <laughs> and couldn't be in a relationship. So I felt real, like, I was offended. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he said, like, right, he's said, <laughs> like, a cool
1: dude. but that really offended me. Yeah. Because it's like, you don't know the situation.
0: So and you can't even,
1: just judge. Even if it was a situation, what in this conversation made you feel like I was a problem? That was a flag to me,
0: me. right? Yes, right. absolutely. And yeah. I hate to be the cliche, but I really, really, really had one another's birthday. Oh, <laughs> Sagittarius! Too. Oh, y'all and y'all, oh, oh,
1: y'all and y'all, y'all horoscopes. Uh, He's a Sagittarius. Uh, that explains it all. <laughs> I don't get it. I so <laughs> have to explain that. I don't understand. <laughs> why that matters i'm not into horoscopes like y'all the
0: gall first of all the gall <laughs> of him to say <laughs> to say such a thing not knowing right you well y'all still in the getting to know each other stage, right. right right you know so <laughs> the gall of him to even make such be bold enough to make such a accusation because that's mm-hmm. what it is right you know it, it's insensitive. It's It was based on a lack of education of you. You know what I'm saying? So it's no, nah, but he showed his hand early enough for you to know to get the fuck out of God <laughs> Child, that part.
1: And <laughs> two, you know, you were saying something about like the um horoscopes and things like that. I found with Sagittarius males, um that they have a hard time committing so that may have been a problem down the line anyway like they really take a long time to commit to one person
0: Mm.
1: so i'm gonna leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) so in that i had to explain to him and this is just in my head because i think totally different and it might be some truth to it but he said that people get offended very easy in 2024 and i was telling him there's a difference between being offended and something being offensive exactly like, mm-hmm. that is very mm-hmm. offensive to say to somebody that's just like saying all black people like chicken it, right <laughs> that's offensive <laughs> if i get offended mm-hmm. that you say i like chicken that's something that or saying that all black people like chicken because i love chicken that's my that's my thought press uh process but that was that I had to get that part out because I told y'all that I waited two whole hours to get this out because <laughs> I know y'all gonna comment, but I need the the listeners to to comment, and we have not done this um lately, so before we get too deep into this, we need to uh plug ourselves Facebook Twitter, Instagram what else
0: email YouTube uh, email. Just had, at G2. That email
1: youtube all the things uh facebook is ratchet adjacent podcast instagram ratchet adjacent podcast mm-hmm. um twitter is ratchet adjacent podcast <laughs> email yes facebook pod at gmail.com like yes. share bribe, yes please. and it's free for y'all to do so you know that's a great way for you to support the podcast you know just go up there you know take a listen go to our page you know like our stuff join you know, we, we can't wait to, you know, give y'all some good stuff every week. And it's free. You know, free for us to entertain y'all. So. And you never know, we might have some merchandise kids or scammers <laughs> coming to give us yes. for the first 10 people to leave us a, a positive review. We not get, we don't care about your negative reviews. We're here for growth.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but for the first 10 but- people to leave uh, a review, an honest review, um... We definitely have something for you.
0: And we're looking for your engagement. We go on to the Facebook page every day. We're trying to engage with y'all. We want to know your thoughts, honestly, about the different right. topics that we, that we pose up there. And that's a daily thing. So whenever you have downtime, please go onto our Facebook page, see what questions we have, respond, engage. If you have comments or topics that you want to hear us talk about, let us know, put them in the chat, but we're we're up there daily, so come see what we're we about. And it's yes, a safe absolutely. Day.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and you can post anonymous, y'all, on Facebook, so right. you know, anything that know, you want to say, you know, people ain't got to be knowing your business, and know it came from you, you can, you know, go up there and put your thoughts out there.
0: You know, so. Because yep. I get trifling at night, y'all. <laughs> And I need friends to <laughs> <laughs> so come play in the dirt with or me.
1: ratchet adjacent friends. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not that friend, find that friend. Everybody got that friend that's just outside a little bit more. Pull <laughs> them mm-hmm. right. oh, let them come. I need friends. And the last <laughs> time I
1: checked, we was at 117 members. Woo-hoo! So if one person sends an invite. <laughs> That is tremendously, tremendously appreciated. Absolutely. Yes, y'all. but sure. I ain't begging okay. no more, okay? I ain't begging. Share this good stuff, y'all. I am, y'all.
0: <laughs> What's going on with y'all? I was back over here in this box again. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this box. Call <laughs> <laughs> my name. <laughs> Play with me and distract me. No, I told y'all I was the group that came
1: together we are recording remotely today trying to work out <laughs> and trying to make it better make it a better experience for you guys however our squirrel is by herself <laughs> and yes. she has no one to keep her together she was right. doing fine during our small talk before the episode but she came on here show her ass just for y'all <laughs> <So> <laughs> <right>? <laughs> mm. yeah it's hard
0: out here it's hard <laughs> walking the straight and narrow I just cannot walk the straight and there. <laughs> It saved my life. So I was listening to The Breakfast Club this morning, briefly. So I was in the car briefly to take the kids to school because um, I'm trying to be a better mother and whatnot. So snippets of The Breakfast Club. And up there, T. Grizzly was up there. And he is from Detroit, actually. Yeah. I had to Google him. And he is a fellow Aries. That's okay. why I love him. Go.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's why I love him. I did not know he was
0: an Aries girl. <laughs> I, what I did not know from the snippet that I heard was how he just gave something that I didn't expect for him to give. In this short interactions, he was talking about the importance of marriage to him and how it's important for the man to be ready and how we're made or that he was subjected to um through his upbringing and then he also mentioned ayahuasca Uh which is a that I should explore you know listening to all the because they do it as like the ceremony and they make it safe and there's a spiritual leader and you're supervised from my understanding during that time so Tab, you say you know about it. Can you can you share more about it? Because I'm definitely right. going to do my research and see I what I can get away with.
1: Enough to be 100%, but I'm going to give you my little cliff notes. I know that it, it is like a herb and it is a ceremony that they do where husband or wife or whatever, they're together and they have like a shaman and they guide you through the experience of it. And my knowledge of it comes from a movie. So it might not be 100% true. Um, It might just be pieces. It's a movie with John Cena. And I can't remember who it is. It's like our honeymoon, something or other, or we got, I don't know. It's a movie and it's a whole ceremony where they do this ritual. And it's like you said, a psychedelic hippie type time, but you have somebody guiding you through the process of it. Um, I personally, I'm not into, even if I could, obviously I can't smoke weed. But even if I could, that was never my thing. So I don't think I would do that. That's just not my (laughs) I don't know. I'm scared of it. I feel like I got stuff that I try not to think about because my the way my mind think, don't take me to that place because I'm a loser. Right. (laughs) I was thinking the way my anxiety set up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I don't know how (laughs) that's gonna be. Maybe we can come back to that in a future episode and give some some quality information other than my my movie 101.
0: Listen baby in any future episode where we talk about this I want to get some personal experience.
1: I know that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're yeah, going to be into this thing that we are going to be doing this podcast long enough for me to safely without any negative consequences right. <laughs> <laughs> and, this and tell you guys about it because I'm curious. And you know, what they say curiosity killed a cat. Listen, yeah, mm-hmm. listen we this cat stay living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> like nine lives, and I don't know. She might be on life seven and a half. <laughs> That's where my dad gone door daughter get it from. We stay out here living on the edge. The boys be like, uh uh-uh, uh. That don't look, uh-uh. we ain't going to do that. But me and my daughter, we do <laughs> this all daily. So. <laughs> so we out here. Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas so I'm scary. Child, I, it makes the same. My week has been boring compared to y'all. <laughs> like, honestly, I really don't have anything out of the ordinary to share. My week has just been work-filled. child I feel like I just, it's been boring. So boring ain't always bad. No. Monday. Okay, th- you can try to make me feel better, girl. Monday through but... Friday boring, it's <laughs> not bad. Saturday and Sunday, that's when I start to feel like an old lady when I just want to be in the bed and rub my feet together all Saturday. That's boring. <laughs> right, I know that's Monday, right. Friday is not boring. That's seems relaxing now. Don't it? Yes. <laughs> girl, my issue is that I feel like I don't really have any downtime. So my week is pretty much go, go, go. So <laughs> when I have a moment to kind of slow down and sit and think and reflect on things, it's it's so much going on. <laughs> so when I think about my week, I can't really process it yet. It has been too much. Look, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm listening to you, but I have to give my disclaimer because I can hear my child. She's off into a whole nother room. I can hear her. You guys might not hear her, but if you do, just know that we are real-life parents on here. <laughs> <laughs> that part.
0: Okay. So the thing is, when I listen to you talk, Tiffany, and how busy you are, and I know from personal experience, you're busy because of your uh, educational aspirations. You're busy because of your maternal goals and how you want to show up for your kids. How you have to show up for your husband in times, and so it makes me think about the topic of this podcast, which is great Mm expectation. And this morning, well, not this morning, but one morning this week, I just woke up feeling like, ugh, right. And Mm -hmm. so, but I knew that I had been faking it till I make it, Mm -hmm. and that I was gonna have to fake it so I make it that day in particular. And I was wondering if that does more harm than good. And I put that as a question on the Facebook, but as it relates to great expectations, I wonder how much our expectations of what we have for ourselves, Mm. to some degree they can be helpful because they motivate and inspire us, But to what degree are they detrimental because we're putting too much on ourselves? Because my
1: round Wednesday, but I knew we had. (laughs) (laughs) Like for me, it is, I'm still learning to be honest with you. Like in the beginning, it was like, okay, I'm just going to take on all of this and I got it. (laughs) I got it. I can do it all. It's going to be good. But I have learned how to listen to my Bible and listen to myself. So. And give myself grace to know that, girl, you're tired. Oh, but look at you segue into your portion of this. Uh, this- yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, That's how we do. You see how I slid up in there? Because <laughs> I open the door and I just slid on in, you know. But um, but yeah, I I have been learning, especially once I feel like over the last couple of years to not be so hard on myself. Like, I can't possibly do everything. I am just one person. And this is a day-to-day talk. Like, this is (laughs) not... Every day, right, I got to remind myself, like, girl, it's going to be okay if you don't get this done. You're going to be all right if you don't go see this client today because you have to prioritize something else. Or, you know, you have to go see this client today, but you have to push off something that you know, you will have to do for the family, you know, just allowing myself that. Mm. But I will say that it's definitely been challenging, you know, Um, for us, you know, we do set high expectations for ourselves just by nature, you know, and I know that part of me is just have this perfectionist type nature, although I try not to acknowledge it is there you know and i may have a little bit of a control issue you know but i want things to flow a certain way i want to be able to manage everything get everything done and feel like i'm not wasting time right like i'm not you know because i felt like over the years especially in my 20s you know in my younger years that i wasted so much time right i'm like oh, by 30, I should have been at this place. I should have had this career in place. I shouldn't have had to struggle. You know, I should have did X, Y, and Z or this with my kids. And I beat myself up, you know, about that for so many years, right? And so stepping into my 40s, I started to realize, you know what? The ghetto, ooh, the ghetto. What? (laughs) You said stepping into your 40s and I'm like, oh my God, the ghetto. I gotta get there.
0: I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> girl. You gonna meet it one day, girl. Listen, what I I'm gonna can... tell you though, <laughs> the forties is it's fabulous, girl. It, it ain't right. it ain't bad. It's it's great. <laughs> Step <laughs> into it, girl. You you <laughs> still have time. You still have time to um prepare. But for me, honestly, Tab, it has been um a wonderful experience. You know, like even the okay. Let me say this okay this is completely not what i was going to talk about but let's let's talk about it <laughs> i had these great expectations for myself um walking into my my 40th like i really had this idea that i was going to be this new woman child i was going to be fully realized you know me and time to have these conversations and i used to be like yeah girl when we get into our 40s we're gonna be fully realized and we're gonna have this together and that together and so much so i had built up all of this anxiety leading up to my birthday right and to the point where i couldn't even fully appreciate the fact that i was turning 40 because i was still felt like i was in the same place and i had experienced some setbacks and so i was like oh like i'm supposed to be different (laughs) Like I'm supposed to have my stuff together. I'm supposed to, you know, be more confident. I'm supposed to, you know, be this fully realized version of myself. But I woke up on my 40th birthday (laughs) feeling the same as I did, you know, the day before. As you said, I didn't, I didn't mean to bring it into a whole nother um like realm, but I'm glad you said that because I still have some ways, and I'm not trying to be funny in any sort of way, but I'm close. But <laughs> do y'all ever wake up and like think I'm grown? Like I don't have to ask nobody to go do this. I'm and it's it's surreal to you. Am I Yes. Oh like- my God. gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, tap it's this is crazy like I promise you I just had that moment less than an hour ago oh, like wow. I was <laughs> yes I had just got out of the shower and I was sitting there and you just thoughts running through my mind you know to prepare for the podcast and I started thinking wow I'm like a uh, adult like I'm thinking about the responsibilities all that stuff and it was wild to me I'm like I'm really like a full a grown adult <laughs> Right, that's wow, <laughs> yes, so I'm glad I'm not the only one who who felt that way, but it is crazy <laughs> to think about it. But I think too, maybe that is because of, you know, who we are and how we live our lives, right? And the fact that we are women who have responsibilities who are responsible for other people right and responsible for ourselves and there's a lot of stuff that's on our plate and sometimes we take a step back at least i know for me you'd be like oh my gosh like i'm actually like doing it I <laughs> say so it don't come to me in no self-reflection no meditation i'd be driving down the road and i'm like i ain't have to ask nobody to go where i'm going yeah <laughs> that's weird to right. me like my mama like mom what you doing? <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> weird to be an adult in this big old age. Like, why do I still feel like this?
0: What's devastating yes. to me is realizing that I'm still childish.
1: <laughs> now, we all, now
0: we all, we all are I'm childish. like childish. Mm-hmm. I'm like I expect it to be further, kind of to what Tiffany was speaking on earlier. I expect it to be refined. Listen, Damn and not God. in the hoodie and, oh, and, my... and,
1: and, and crocs like me because <laughs> I want to go somewhere uh, in my peak coats on
0: a Wednesday, <laughs> but I got
1: a, on a hoodie and some Air Force like
0: right. I was thinking about that today because I was like, getting dressed is hard because I don't really have to get dressed.
1: Do it. Like, and I feel you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel
0: you on that. Yes. So things like that, being seen in my pajamas most of the time or in a uniform and then having it to get dressed, you know, is challenging. Just like I like like you said, I expected when I got this big age to be able to for you to be able to interact with me and see God's presence. That was mm-hmm. my actual goal. That was my actual goal. To get mm-hmm. to the point where you see God in me when you speak to me. And right. where I'm at right now is just when you speak to me, you see bad choices in black and mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally. I was going to say the you crazy thing. I ain't never
1: seen you smoke nothing but hookah.
0: <laughs> yeah, not literally. And that's barely. I'll be around. I'll be in the place. I'll be amongst hookahs. In the vicinity. In the, in the vicinity. Because I only got room for one vice. And I've chosen <laughs> that vice. But, you know, it's a metaphor. It's just like, you know, it's not, it's not where I expected to be. I'm still trying to get there. And sometimes, you know, it's sometimes you it's important to like give yourself the grace to know that mm-hmm. you're still growing. You know, and for some of us, our development was delayed because we had we put our development on pause to try to, I guess, be in survival mode with raising the kids. But you know, we can yeah. you know, so um, we didn't grow all the way up before we started having kids ourselves because I had my first at 19. You know, I still wasn't yeah. wrong at the point of having her. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's a there's a lot there. So I think yeah.
1: that, and I'm a, I'm gonna let Tiffany get back into where she was because I feel like we're taking over what she is bringing to the table. But there's like, a commentary here. Um When you say growth being stunted, and especially for you and I, Tonya, military, Mm -hmm. you are grown, but you're really not grown. (laughs) Because don't show up at 9 o'clock, or I'd have told my business, don't show up at 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) Don't muster at a certain time. You know, don't be there when the ship move. Or you on the ship, like you have these rules and you can't plan vacations, you can't plan, so you still are stunted, even if you don't have kids. So I don't want to make it just about us as parents but when speaking on military people like you're definitely stunted in that aspect as well but one thing and if you follow the facebook read the facebook uh one thing that i had posted on there last week growth is indefinite you never stop growing so Mm, yes no matter where you feel like you bars there there's always time for growth and that's my mic drop and yes (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to give it back over to you, Miss Tiffany, so you can uh, <laughs> talk about what you talked about before we uh <laughs> take <took laughs> your uh, your episode. Well, um, you know, I just want to give it up to you half for those bars that you just you know gave us. I appreciate that. Um, going into my biggest struggles as far as great expectations kind of goes along with what Tanya was saying about wanting to be at this age or this time in life and just having that, you know, connection with God. Right. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, before my 30th birthday, like my first 29 years of life, I was a hot mess. Like anybody who knows me, my family, anybody, I was like a complete utter mess in every single way. And My life really didn't change until, you know, God came into my life when I was 29. And when he did, there was a lot of things in me that just was yearning to want to change. Like I wanted to be this completely different person. And I had this false view that once I gave my life to God and once I... You know, dedicated myself to him that everything was going to change, right? That I was going to be this completely different person, and you know, my life was going to be, you know, holier than thou, and you know, it's going to be rainbows and sunshines and no suffering, or you know, I, that's what I thought. You thought you were going to 29. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Well, all right. laughs> Yes, I really, I really thought that, you know, things was just going to be like different. I mind you my life did change, you know, significantly, like, you know, God did provide, you know, I met my husband, <laughs> I met my husband, I, um, you know, God changed some things in me and in my mind, in which I moved a little bit different, and I had to grow up, and I got more security, and those things did happen, but what didn't happen was I still had moments of struggle (laughs) matter of fact I had a lot of moments of struggle and you know I had this false idea of walking you know with God and into this marriage and having this false idea of what it would be like as a wife and with my husband and quickly (laughs) quickly those ideas got destroyed those great expectations got destroyed because I realized You know, I wasn't really equipped as far as knowing warfare or spiritual warfare or any of those things, or the fact that I would face tests and adversities, and it came firsthand within my home, within my husband, within my marriage, you know, right there, I faced opposition that I wasn't fully prepared for, as well as me facing my own insecurities of whether or not I can live up to this idea of what I thought this Christian woman should be. You know what I'm saying? Like I really put myself on this higher pedestal of what I thought God expected me to be. And because of that, I suffered a lot more than I needed to over the years because I would always fall short. And as you know, where I'm at now and the fact that since my walk has been about you know 12 years 12 13 years since you know I started taking that journey with God he had to mold me a lot i had to fall a few times to realize that that expectation was always wrong like it was never anything that god wanted for me and it was something that i had built for myself because mm-hmm. i had not learned to um forgive the prior version of me, right? Or to forgive myself for you your bars. You talk about me, forgive yourself, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah I I hadn't learned how to you know have grace for where I was in that point of my life. And I had a lot of failures and I had a lot of things that I went through. But as I grew, I realized to see how each one of those moments contributed to me growing, right? And the fact that I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? It's not like (laughs) I'm the only person who has ever experienced those type of things. But God was revealing to me at that point that I needed to experience some of those things, whether they were hard or not, in order for me to grow and persevere. And To be able to meet other people in that same place, right? To be able to have compassion, to not be have judgment against other people who are going through or whatever choices that they choose. Because I was out there in the streets, (laughs) outside. I was was outside, outside. Like I was (laughs) like that to the point that my family, (laughs) (laughs) yes, my family, and I can see it when I interact and I see them. They like. You know, the way they look at me and how they they hug me and all, even some of the extended family, it's like, child, girl, <laughs> you done made it through me. <laughs> even how I was as a mother, like all of that, I had to realize that even when I was in that, even when I was going through the stuff that I, I went through and wilding out in my twenties, you know, that point in that season in my life needed to happen. You know, and I wouldn't change anything. Of course, maybe some stuff I would change. (laughs) But as far as who I was, you know, it just makes me appreciate who I am so much better because I was able to come out of that, out of the dark places that I was where I didn't love myself, where, you know, there was so much deep-rooted insecurity. And although I still have moments every day where... I battle with some form of that, right? It's nothing compared to how it used to be, right? I can still get up every single day and be able to adult and be able to still care and tend to my needs as well and knowing that, you know what? I am enough. (laughs) You know, girl, you've been through some stuff. Like you may not be exactly where it is that you want to be, but you are definitely waves, you know, miles, continents away from where you used to be. Like you're at the point as a woman now where you would be able to counsel, right? You would be able to, um, you know, be there to help that younger version. And of you. don't nobody want to hear the holier than thou. People want to hear your struggle. Yes. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want. Uh, counsel from somebody who ain't never been through shit, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, but I don't want to be, I don't need a mentor who has not been through what I'm going through right now. You can't mentor me in something that I've never, that you have never, excuse me, dealt with yourself. Mm, say it again, right? Exactly, exactly, girl, you hit it on the nose, and that's what I realized as I went through, even, even after my my walk, right? Because I was a little infant, little baby, newborn. (laughs) Newborn Christian in the walk. I did not understand. And so I really had to kind of go through like the wilderness like for real, for real. Like I had to face the things that I went through in my marriage. I had to face the things you know, with my kids. I had to face things at my job or even with me and me, all my my stuff that I tried to suppress and try to cover up with this like said that new version you said you hit the nail on the head that's your stuff that makes you who you are yes right and that's what i learned over the years like god began to reveal that to me like this is who you are you right this is who you are completely i don't want you to be i didn't i didn't pull you from where you were to you know make you somebody completely different you know to be something else because you're not nobody different you are you in a different mindset you are you yes <laughs> bars we need to have to a bar bars, like. <laughs> that's just the preachers kid in me coming out but, yes. <laughs> but absolutely absolutely and again it takes it took time you know this is something that i'm still i'm not fully there i'm still learning every single day every single day nobody i'm for learning how to give myself Swallowed up. Grace. <laughs> Ain't nobody fooling me. Swallowed. You know what? I can't. I'm done. Well, we we have discussed swallowed up and <laughs> I've given my thoughts on great expectations. You know, why don't, you know, one of you ladies, what about, you know, you tab, you tanya, you know, talk about, you know, what great expectations have meant to you in your life.
0: Ooh, y'all, be patient with me. <laughs> be patient with me. You this sound is like a you journey, a
1: child. Be patient with child me.
0: Yeah, no, Let's... Your <laughs> be patient with me. All right. So, for great expectations for me, what came up for me is politics mm-hmm. because we are in a political time where. You know, there's the presidential elections and I've been noticing that the front runners have not been talking about policy <laughs> and the election is around the corner. So I'm like, what is happening? And I know that people look at America and they want to come here and they come here having great expectations for what their life could be mm-hmm. when they get here.
1: Oh, it's and great
0: then... for them. It's, it's the, it's <laughs> us. <laughs> And then even like Nikki Haley, which is one of the Republican oh God. front runners, I guess, whose birth name is not even Nikki Haley. <laughs> <laughs> um, that name she goes by is really allows her to assimilate. Um, but to her credit, she did marry. So Haley is her married name you know, that she got from her white husband. But she is actually Indian American, I believe. And her parents came here living the dream, the land of, living the dream of living in the land of milk and honey. But they quickly encountered racism themselves. And apparently they were willing to ignore it in pursuits of achieving um, the lifestyle that they were able to afford their kids. Um, so, and I think what's weird to me about Nikki Haley is that depending on who she's in front of, her story changes a little bit to me. Mm,
1: supposedly. Because
0: she, <laughs> yes, yes, because she's quick to tell her stories about the racism that her family encountered Um, in front of diverse population but then when she's not in front of diverse populations, she's like america is not a racist country we weren't founded on that and so here's another nikki nikki <laughs> okay another
1: nikki nikki in
0: <laughs> another nikki nikki in mm-hmm. no offense so, to the nikki that's not th-
1: nikki and nikki haley
0: <laughs> yes yeah, no offense to all other nikki's in the world
1: other than Nikki, but, um, and Nikki Haley.
0: I don't want to start this off talking about Nikki Haley. I truly don't. I do want to dive deeper into her politics because you can't just trust what you read about someone, not the newspaper, not the news. You really have to dig into how people vote, um, what people advocate for, and to know the quality of that person. So maybe that's a later topic. But Dear Nikki <laughs> said that this is not a racist country and maybe she got that from her experience growing up where she grew up but and the fact that despite her experiences as a Indian American she got the husband that she got and the job that she got but that's not the story everywhere for everybody so there's a situation that came up in Mississippi and there's a lot going on in Mississippi, honestly. Yes. But Mississippi, uh, they appointed a capital court in Jackson. Their capital courts in Jackson, ca- how do I say it? Jackson, Mississippi is almost pretty much predominantly Black. However, it's predominantly Black. <laughs> Huh.
1: I said all of Mississippi is predominantly black.
0: <laughs> okay, great point. So, the white Mississippi lawmakers they this started this all happened last year. So, in January or February, the white Mississippi lawmakers moved closer to creating a new system of unelected judges and prosecutors chosen by white officials to oversee a part of the majority black capital Mm. city.
1: Won't they do it? Right? Every time. Yes.
0: So, and they were able to get this approved. And the vote was, the vote in its initial stages were 76 to 38. And 74 of the 76 that voted for it were white. And Among the black lawmakers, 36 voted against it. So just two voted for it. So two black people of the 36 or 38, they were already the majority Mm -hmm. or the minority. They voted against it. So most of the black people voted against it, but the white people were in majority and they voted for it. And so it just shows the, the bigger picture here is that there are elected officials and the elected officials were of the were based off of the vote of the majority of the population which were black but then the lawmakers who were majority white they came and they voted to create this sub system where they appointed people to control this part of this population that is still majority black and create their own judges, their own prosecutors, their own police force, their own 911 center, which kind of contradicts what the population voted for. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Anybody confused? No, we good. Okay, so under the bill, the Mississippi Supreme Court Chief Justice would appoint two judges to oversee the cases in the district. The Mississippi Attorney General will appoint four prosecutors the state public defender will appoint public defenders. And the Mississippi Public Safety Commissioner would continue to have authority over Capitol Police Force over the expanded CII or CCID, so that district. So, white officials currently hold all four positions those positions to those prosecutors and judges and things of that nature. And so, The mayor is doing this to try to combat the crime rate that has escalated in Mississippi, but they're addressing the crime rate through force and not through some of the, you know. (laughs) So it's it's oppressive because it it strips the rights of the black vote and it's oppressive because it redirects their tax dollars to something that they did not endorse or believe in. So when we talk about great expectations, we expect our government to be working on our behalf and acknowledging our vote. And I'm not saying this to say we don't need to be voting, voting doesn't matter. Because it does. This is only happening in Jackson, Mississippi. It's not even happening other parts.
1: It's just publicized more.
0: Right. But even in other parts of Mississippi, they haven't created their own district like they're doing here so I'm not saying voting doesn't matter I'm not saying that but I'm saying that we have an expectation that our system is working in our favor and our system is finding ways constantly to circumvent what they say our constitutional rights
1: are well the constitution was never written for us but you know it's 2024 as they say
0: well us is plural You know, yeah. I'm not just, and I, and I want to be clear, I'm not making this a black, white thing. I'm really, really not. It's not a black, white thing. It's a, how is this system? Because we talk about systematic issues. Mm-hmm. And this is another systematic issue. This is not being brought up to say, you know, white people are bad and we're we're all being victimized. No, well, people are not paid,
1: but the law, the law to this day still is more um, tailored to. I would say. I mean, yeah. my my view of it is, to me, I guess I don't share the same um, the systematic, you know, processes that have been put in place in this country or the justice system or any of that. And that's a bummer because you're you're African American. We don't have great my, expectations. No. At all. And to, I, to do much for us as a people and tell you not take it from what you're saying. I know you're not trying to make it a race thing, but it's a race thing. Yeah, I feel I feel like, you know, because of the history that has been embedded um, within this country, especially when it comes to African-American people, it doesn't feel like the government has ever been for us. Everything has been. <laughs> against us you know what I mean like everything even from slavery through the Jim Crow era through you know anytime you know to um destroy that and to keep us oppressed a lot of the laws that have been established over the history of this nation has been strategically designed in order to keep us beneath them in power. And again, I'm referring to the governmental structure itself and not a particular race. But it's hard to not talk about race when we as African-American people have been um, the ones who felt the brunt of the injustice per se. So I have no faith as far as the government. Like even when it comes to politics, I really don't follow politics not on a national level. I feel like um more black lawmakers into position, more politicians on the local level, the city level, the, the state legislature that is able to have real power and control with controlling laws. That's what it that's what counts because it's a tragedy that the population is 87 like 80 some percent black in jackson mississippi but yet the majority of the lawmakers and the decision makers that can implement this within that community are white that's not just an Mm -hmm. issue because of white people that's an issue because of black people as well and that's because of how things have not been i don't know whether it has been as far as just listen but it is and Tonya, we've talked about this and not on this level it's stockholm syndrome yeah have so much power that we don't utilize because mm-hmm. of the history what we've been through what our ancestors have been through but like you said we have a lot of power and things that we could be doing as a people but because of that Stockholm syndrome mentality we don't do it because of how it played out for them you know what i'm saying
0: let me let me tell y'all what the governor said the okay. governor said and this was back in april the governor said that this the Jackson police department is severely understaffed and he believes that the state-run Capitol Police can provide stability. The city of 150,000 residents has had more than 100 homicides in each of its past three years. We are working to address it, Reeves, said in a statement Friday. And when we do, we're met with overwhelming false cries of racism and mainstream media Who falsely claim our actions are just our Jim Crow. And I wanted to read that because you mentioned Tiffany Jim Crow. And so he brought that up. He says they are false cries of racism and falsely calls their actions Jim Crow, which is exactly what it is. And it's exactly what it is. Governor
1: black or what?
0: The governor is absolutely white. And so and they have black lawmakers in office but not at a high enough position mm-hmm. to be able to make any, but why not in a high that? enough position. Right. Why? So, here's it's, my, this is says, my, go
1: ahead,
0: I'm sorry, go ahead. It says, in certain areas of Jackson, a citizen can be arrested by the police department, led by a state appointed official, be charged by a state appointed prosecutor, and be tried before a appointed judge, and be sentenced to imprisonment in a state penitentiary, regardless of the severity of the act. Not by people who the people would have appointed in those positions, but by people who they, the white government that's at the top, has handpicked to lay out those judgments hand-picked. and punishments.
1: Not voted, handpicked. That's the hand-picked.
0: the- handpicked, handpicked. Yeah,
1: that's the, that's the kicker. <laughs> But picked. the thing is, right? The thing is, is that those high level government, you know, officials, whatever, within Jacksonville, still had to be placed into office by. We're not do. Or, or yeah, Mississippi. I meant, but yeah, they had to be placed in order. I'm assuming by a vote, right? So the people had to elect and put them into office. No, she said handpicked, and I. No, I, she I don't- what she's, I right, what she's saying is that no, no those people, people on my head. <laughs> yeah, no, the the people she's saying that the high officials they have the power to handpick like the judges those and how you know they were exactly. There. So gotcha. my position, where where I am, is like I understand like the the injustice and all of that stuff. I do because of the history, but I also feel. A bigger issue is the fact like how, what can be done in order to start changing the narrative. Either it's a hopeless situation where we're never going to see any change or progress in this country because everything is just stacked against us. And if that's the case, it is what it is. Or maybe we're just playing the game the wrong way as a community which I've always felt that there is racism. There is a lot of things that have been systematic against us as a black community, but there is also a lot of responsibility that we also have to take as a community. Right. I feel like what you said stuck out to me when you said change the narrative. The only way to change the narrative is to be the narrative. We have to get as people and make ourselves seen, do things that are important. You know what I'm saying? Like the most times you see black people in the media, it's hide your kids, hide your wife. It was a fire. I got my kids. Like it's always, we always cooning on the news. 95% of the time you see a black person outside of a Tyler Perry movie or a show, we cooning on the news. They find the worst of us and put us on the, on live.
0: Well, I've been, I've been looking, listening to a podcast um, by Tesla Thero. She be on The Breakfast Club. And, and listening to her podcast, she talks about how much easier than we think it is to put candidates that we believe in, you know, right. in the for office. And, we don't research right, that information. We don't research We don't, we're not doing it. We're not doing the work. We're not finding the candidates that we want to promote. Exactly. We're not finding the so candidates. We have a so great we wanna... but we're not putting in that effort.
1: We have so an exactly in that effort
0: because in Jackson, that's Mississippi. The that's let, the problem. Hold on. Let me let me say this. Let in me Jackson, this. Mississippi, what they need in place, the four people who are in place to make decisions in this new city, in this new district, is the Mississippi Supreme Court Chief Justice White, the Mississippi Attorney General White. The state public defender, white. Because they're going to be, all of these people are the ones making appointments. And the Mississippi Public Safety Commissioner, white. Four people. They're all white. They're all Republican. If we try, if the community, who is the majority, yes. gathered around and found people who were Accident. qualified, who were had their interests in mind, they don't really have to be Black. Just people who have their true interest in mind. Right. You know, and they believed in and pushed to put them in those positions, then they wouldn't yep. have as much to worry about. I agree. But we got to do, we got to do the lead work. And I've been I hearing agree. that message internally. I've been feeling a call to action. I expected there to just be one that appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> they just magically appear. And I was like, hey, you support everything I want. I will vote for you. And that's all I had to do. And my work is so much more than that. If I really want to see change, if I really want to see change, I got to do more than wait for somebody to appear and just go and vote on election day. I have to do more than that.
1: I'm like telling you for And this,
0: <laughs> this story yeah, is a prime right? example. Yeah, so that's So that's, that's it. That's it for me, guys.
1: right no I feel like you absolutely right Tanya
0: and starting at
1: the local level would be a good start for our communities so build up the people within your communities you know your state level um, the city levels and state levels the people that directly impact your way of life that's the story yeah yeah I agree with that completely so our communities do have to do a better job and I feel that there is promise. I have seen within recent years, especially with the newer generation, even our generation as millennials, that there is more educated uh, Black people overall. And I've seen our people move into more positions of, you know, politics. I see it even locally, you know, there is a lot more of us involved And I see it in all fields. So I think those changes are happening. I think they're coming. And we just have to make sure that we are supporting those individuals that get out there and they are fighting for the rights of the people. And holding another thing to work with. And making sure that our community is also holding our community accountable for the things that we aren't doing. Because that's part of it too. And making sure that there's unity.
0: And... These people, we keep saying that's all we got to say. We keep talking. And they're raising the taxes in this new district to fund their ideas when I feel like they are not addressing the root issue. They're they're addressing the results of their root issue. And I feel like that's important. Like you have to look at the root cause if you want to bring about any fundamental change, not just punish the results of the call because the cause is still there so if it's not that person then it's going to be another person and it's going to be another person another person because that need is still not being met right right Mm -hmm. so spend Mm -hmm. your money addressing the need and not penalizing like the result you know what I'm saying because if you address the need then the results of that need won't exist or would exist in a lower you know in a smaller percentage
1: reach Rachel yeah yes yes i
0: got you yes that's it for me y'all all
1: right so of course we know about langston hughes or neil hurston uh duke ellington josephine ba- baker some notable mentions however when we talk about black history claudette colvin is lost in translation somewhere so claudette colvin was a 15 year old girl born on september 5th 1939 in montgomery alabama She is best known for her role in changing racial segregation on public buses in the city. She is still alive today, living in Birmingham as a retired nurse's aide. So on March 2nd, 1955, at the age of 15, Claudette Colvin refused to give up her seat to a white woman on on a Montgomery City bus. At just 15 years old, she refused to give up her seat. Her bravery and defiance set the stage for the historic bus boycotts and sparked the civil rights movement way before Rosa Parks even took her iconic seat. And let's not forget her fearlessness in the face of adversity. Despite the risk, Claudette stood her ground and paved the way for future generations to fight for justice. This incident was December 1st, 1955, nine months before the more widely known incident involving Rosa Parks. Calvin was one of four plaintiffs in the first federal case filed by civil rights attorney Fred Gray on February 1st, 1956. As Browder versus Gale to challenge bus segregation in the city. In United States District Court, she testified before the three panel, three judge panel. Coven is quoted to say that young people think Rosa Parks just sat down on the bus and ended segregation, but that wasn't the case at all. And I don't think there's room for many more icons. I think that history only has room enough for certain. You know, how many icons can you choose? So I think you compare history like most historians say Columbus discovered America and it was already populated, but they don't say that Columbus discovered America they say for the european people that is you know their discovery of the new world she also said she also said in the most politically correct way possible so let me translate that for her her dark skin and nappy hair was not appeasing to your people even so it makes me question did this really happen to rosa or was this stage because of her fair skin and her being more aesthetically pleasing i could be reaching (laughs) but what made her so different why is she not spoken about in our history books um and that's i had to write that up just so i got all the facts together um so that's back to the great expectations piece um we're all African-American and reaching for a common goal. None of our asses <laughs> could drink from the same water fountain as they did. Yet, we always tend to find a way to try to appease people that are not of our culture. So, these are 100% my opinions. Everything about Miss Coven is factual. However, I, ca- I can't say that Rosa Parks was a plant, but it sounds a little fishy. What do you guys think?
0: First of all, shout out to the Virgos. <laughs> On birthday, we need to honor her just for that Tiffany <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I'm sure we can touch
1: and agree on that so I definitely want to end this episode our third episode we here a... mm-hmm. okay so I want to end this episode definitely honoring Claudette Coven because she has not been honored in our school books, our texts. Um, and I was Tuesday, Wednesday year old when I found out about her. And you know, that's a, not a plight on my parents. They taught the curriculum that they were taught, and nobody ever said, learn for yourself. So I definitely want to give honor where honor is due. Highest and highest of accolades and respect to Miss Claudette Coven.
0: Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Our Virgo sister. Yes. Thank you, Tab, for sharing her with me and Tiffany. I also want to give honor to Frederick Douglass, okay? Because he looks like my daddy.
1: In this episode, it wasn't necessarily a Black History Month episode. It was definitely about great expectations. But when it comes to our history, we have so many expectations of what we should have learned but we did not. And it's up to us to learn the things and teach our children. So I would love to give the highest of accolades, the biggest shout out to Miss Claudette Coven and what she did before it was put into the history books.
0: Yes. Thank you, Todd, for bringing her to my awareness because I did not know about my Virgo sister and what she was out here doing months before the movement got Rosa apart. I also want to give a shout out to Frederick Douglass because he looked, young Frederick Douglass looked just like my daddy when my daddy was young. And it sounds weird, but the thing is, this is the month of my dad's passing and he was so close to me. And with Black History Month, I always see a picture of Frederick Douglass and it brings, I don't know. It, it, i've always thought that they look so much alike well in black so, history
1: we will honor your father say his yes. name
0: did I say his name, jeffrey murchison so yes. we honor yes. not only yes we honor
1: people, you jeffrey murchison and Douglas.
0: But, <laughs> and I and also though honestly you you too i've also decided that this year for black history month instead of or in addition to focusing on the people that we know about that have made movements in in our life and in history um who were african american i also really want to give a lot of extra focus more so to my ancestors because they were mo- monumental my grandmothers, you know the figures that are closest to us they are also a part of black history and they are worth honoring too And not just, you know, the figures that the school highlights. So, to all of your families, to all of your ancestors, like, happy Black History Month. Thank you to your ancestors for creating y'all and for putting the things in place that created such beautiful women, smart, educated, wonderful mothers. So, shout out to y'all. Okay. So, with all that being said, remember to stay ratchet, stay refined,
1: but always. Keep the conversation alive.